This podcast is powered by The Plug. Hello, this is Marisol Solar-Terlacher, psychotherapist and consultant, and this is the Resilience and Resistance Podcast a podcast about successful Black, Indigenous women of color who have overcome trauma and become resilient. Hi, Nina. Hi. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. Thank you for asking me, Madi. I'm really excited. Yeah. So um, before you introduce yourself, I'm I'm excited to have you on because I think that you are definitely an example for me of resilience. And um, I want to speak more to that. But before I do, I want you to introduce yourself, talk about how you identify and then talk about what you do. Perfect. Um, born and raised in Elgin. Elgin um, is my hometown and it'll always be my hometown. That community is very diverse, which is great. And um, it's definitely gone from zero to 60 in about, I don't know, the past 15 years. And I'm describing basically the way that Elgin has evolved for the better. You know, I grew up in, you know, on the east side of Elgin, a bit of a shaky neighborhood, but um, that actually allowed me to grow thick skin and and also um, be, you know, street smart and um, and all that good stuff. So that really allowed me and prepared me, I think, um, Mm -hmm. for what laid ahead in my life. But, um, you know, growing up in, um, in Elgin, like I said, you know, we took yearly trips to Mexico. We would drive. You know, my mom, dad, and siblings, and I'm the youngest of six. Mm -hmm. So, of course, you know, um, not all of my brothers and sisters would come along, but um, it was great. You know, it allowed me to connect with my family out there and then see, you know, just how the other part of the world lives. You know, sometimes I think we take uh, what we know for granted. And so that really allowed me to uh, be centered and then hopefully, too, you know, as, as growing up as a kid, I always knew that I wanted, you know, once I became a mother, I would also want my children to see, you know, Mexico, the essence of Mexico. And mm-hmm. just that, you know, not, you know, their life isn't always, you know, what, what it appears to be. Yeah. And so I thought that um, that would be a, a really good lesson. Unfortunately, they haven't made it there yet. Um, but I hope that uh, we do make a trip to uh, Mexico soon. Um, but just kind of moving forward, um, as I, you know, kind of evolved into the high school age, I, that's where we met. And I remember my freshman year, I actually, you know, the first time in my life where I felt, um, out of place Mm -hmm. and it was probably because, you know, I went from a public school to a private school. Mm -hmm. I didn't know anyone. And um, in the past, I was actually the majority mm-hmm. and not the minority, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so at that moment, I just felt very, you know, different. Um, and not because anyone was making me feel unwelcomed, but just because of that simple um, point that I just felt, 
you know, that, you know, I didn't quite fit in, I guess you can say, right? And, um, but, you know, soon after that, I became very adaptable and flexible. And I learned, you know, very quickly that, you know, um, obviously, you know, you make, you make friends. And obviously, uh, I made friends with, you know, some really good people. And of course, um, you know, you're one of them, of course. And so I learned just to be adaptable and flexible. And I and I learned that with um, with the help of my parents and even my family. Yeah. So I, I think I really got that from them. Yeah. So that was my strength. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like just in your introduction, you bring up so many good points in terms of how uh, your the neighborhood you grew up in helped mm-hmm. you uh, cultivate some thick skin, so maybe some mental toughness that was helpful for you later in life. Definitely. And um, just having the experience of being able to go to Mexico every year and be not only exposed to uh, Mexican culture in a different way, right? Because you grew up mm-hmm. in a Mexican household. Correct. Uh, but growing going to Mexico allowed you this sense of identity that was probably really different for other people. Um, and this understanding about, you know, how important it is to have that experience for your own children to understand the essence of, you know, a country that your parents came from, that mm-hmm. many of your siblings came from, um, and how important that would be for their own identity and for their own growth. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you or your company are looking to jump into the podcast world, now is the time. The Plug Agency is here to connect you to the full power of podcasting. You just record and leave the rest to us. The people are listening and want to hear from you. Theplug-agency.com. That's theplug-agency.com. Click the link in the episode description for an exclusive offer. And and I still, you know, I still sometimes struggle with them um, right now because, you know, they're they're young. Um, but they, they, f- I think, from our conversations and um, some of the actions that they kind of display is that, you know, they think that, you know, every part of the world is like, you know, their backyard or, you know, everyone gets the chance to go to school. And just really the, the building blocks that, um, that I think we're fortunate to have, you know, mm-hmm. education, family running water, you know, the, the simple things in life that we, I think we don't think twice about, but other children and other families, they don't have those, you know, those opportunities. So I am very careful when I speak to my children regarding what we have and also what we don't have, because I actually, uh, pull back on giving my kids what just the wants that they have, right? Mm-hmm. Like the latest gadget or the latest, you know, clothing or just the latest, you know, buzz. And I feel that it's my job to keep them focused and, you know, to keep them humble. Mm-hmm. And that's only going to make, I think, them stronger, mm-hmm. but also it's just going to allow them to really grow into their their personality and really grow into uh, a well-balanced human being, yeah, right? Yeah. Just to be centered. I yeah. feel that's that's my job as a parent. And um, I, my parents dem- definitely demonstrated that to me growing up, yeah. even though, you know, my parents, you know, struggled. 
but they focused on the important things in life, right? Yeah. We have shelter, food, water. And of course, you know, our trips to Mexico, that was a big deal to us. Yeah. And um, so we knew how hard our parents worked. And I, you know, picked up the same work ethic as they did. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel, you know, once you start something, you have got to finish it no matter mm-hmm. what it is. Mm-hmm. And um, that has really um, given me some very good values. Mm-hmm. And um, and I really hope that, you know, my children see that with my, you know, busy, busy nights, you know, working and or, you know, I try to be flexible and attend some of their activities at school. And sometimes I don't make it the whole entire time, but I try with, with a work, trying to uh, balance work and, um, and family, it's difficult, but I try and hopefully that, hopefully they're realizing that even though they're small and, um, but you know, kids are very observant Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, we, I think that sometimes we dismiss certain things, but they actually do pick up on a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that generationally, we all have this conflict around wanting to give our kids more than we had, right, materially Mm. in some way, but realize how important our values are in terms of um, what, what was important to us now, right? The the things that made us who we are and the things that were important to us growing up and uh, really wanting to instill that in them as well. Um, so I think that this is um, really important in terms of your whole process, right? How central family has been to you and continues to be to you, right? Yes. Like I, I think that is uh, a value that I see and have seen in you since I met you almost 30 years ago. That's a long I know. Time. Isn't that incredible? <laughs> but I, I want to speak more to that because I think that... You know, again, when we started to talk about you being on this podcast, one of the things that I thought would be really important was talking about how the loss of a parent when we're young uh, can be so impactful and how you persevered through that or how Mm -hmm. you worked through that. Um, And I think, you know, even as we were talking I think we were both like, wow, we've never really talked about this, even though, you know, I was part of your life during that time and right. um, we hadn't ever come back to it, which I thought was really interesting uh, just in our process and our friendship. Mm-hmm. And but the other thing that I think about is um, kind of this enduring memory of your dad. And we can, you know, I obviously want you to share the story of, of your dad, but um, I think about just kind of small ways that uh, I see the the values in him or the things that he instilled in you still really present in your life. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I want you to speak to that specifically um, in terms of what you uh, think about when you think about um, that loss and mm-hmm. then how it's, you know, that memory and the values that your dad instilled in you still are so important today. Okay, so my father, uh, born in Hidalgo, Mexico, uh, to a single um, parent. Uh, Later on in life, he did ultimately meet his dad, but um, he was the oldest of two, so he had another younger brother. Um, Unfortunately, he was not uh, he did not grow up with his mom because his mom basically um, she was the only breadwinner 
and his mom actually um, worked as a cook, basically a very affluent, you know, home. Mm. And he was raised by um, his grandmother, which is, you know, his mo- his mom's mom. Um, but unfortunately, she um, had a very, uh, she was an alcoholic mm. and she did not, you know, you can just imagine the attention that he received and, mm. you know, the, the money and the clothes that was sent for him by my grandmother never made it to my father. Mm. So as you can just, you know, begin to kind of um, envision yeah. You know, they had they had scenario, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um and just just talking about that yeah. really makes me sad. Um yeah. because because um if you met my father, you would have I mean you you did, but what I'm saying is that if you would have just, you know, sat around the table and then yeah. just, you know, talked to him just on a personal level, you would never think that he had a childhood um, to that extent, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Basically, no parents, you know, growing up by himself, basically. Yeah. So that alone really gave me a sense of pride because I knew how strong my father was. Yeah. Um, and so I think that, you know, as he grew older, um, he basically had to fend for himself. Yeah. He had to basically make his way. And um, he, def- he he had a very tough upbringing um, until one day he he befriended. And I think it was either a relative or someone that was close in his life. And he was um, basically given an opportunity to join the Navy in Mexico. Mm-hmm. So he did do that. And he, you know, tells us that that really uh, was his saving grace is the military. So he served for the Mexican naval team. He did the minimum, which I believe is either two or four years. I'm not exactly sure. So he basically, they basically allowed him to, you know, he was one of the youngest um, naval members. But um, but that is basically, that is who basically made him from a young boy to basically a young man. So he learned regimen, he learned hard work, he learned determination, perseverance, you know, all the all the essential things that you need, you know, as a person to be a strong person, no matter what you're up against. Mm -hmm. And of course, with everything that he had already gone through as a child, I think that that really um, polished him, you know, to become a well-rounded man. But still, he still had that, you know, that void of, you know, of what a parent, you know, the missing void of of parents as as a young child. And so, you know, so basically my parents, they met, you know, at a, in a factory in Mexico and uh, they met, they fell in love, they got married. Um, actually, my mom was, uh, I believe, 19. Mm-hmm. And then my dad was, um, they're basically nine years apart. Mm-hmm. And um, so they got married and then they moved into my grandmother's house which was you know his his um his mom and uh, and that's where it all you know began that's where their life began together that's where they started to raise their family and you know my brothers and sisters were born and uh, my father eventually um you know took his family and they moved to another part of mexico still within mexico city but you know they basically established their own home yeah. and you know literally my father 
bought a piece of land, basically dirt, mm. and he started to make build his own home. Wow. With the help of neighbors that basically, you know, gave him a flashlight and gave him some tools and helped and helped him, you know, find the proper, you know, lumber and just everything that you need to make it a very simple home for mm-hmm. his family of five. Wow. He basically, you know, receive that support from his community. So that was established. And, you know, again, hard work, perseverance. He never took no for an answer. And he knew that he needed to do this for the family. Mm -hmm. My mother, another wonderful, uh, another hero of mine. And Mm -hmm. she also had to do with what she with what she had. And she also had a tough upbringing. But, you know, they were meant to be and they knew the value of work and family. And, um, they just never gave up on anything. So um, eventually my parents um, found out that my uncle, my mother's brother, had moved to the United States and he was doing well. He was he was working in construction. My uncle basically, you know, had uh, encouraged my parents to come on over and seek a new life here. My parents weren't very thrilled with the idea only because they were doing fine. They were, you know, they didn't really feel that they needed to seek a better life. But because my uncle was very, I guess, convincing that they decided, you know what, why don't we go visit and Mm -hmm. see how it works out for us. And Mm -hmm. if we stay, we stay. If we don't, that's okay. So that's exactly what they did. They, you know, got a visitor's visa and everyone um, came over. And that's how they basically, that's how they came to the United States was based on my, my uncle. And soon after that, I was born. Uh, so again, youngest of six. And I grew up in this wonderful family. And um, fast forward to high school, you know, I always saw my father as this, you know, very hardworking, robust man, very smart, very MacGyverish. You know, he's like the Mexican <laughs> MacGyver. You know, and if, if something didn't work, he always knew how to fix it, even though he never went to a trade school. He never finished, you know, elementary school, but he always found the way to fix things. That's another huge takeaway that I have and a great memory that I have of my father. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so then like I said, fast forward high school. And um, my father was, you know, he never really liked to, you know, go to see the doctor, you know, Mm -hmm. very, I want to say, you know, that's just very basic and old school Mexican men. And um, so he went to the um, hospital one day because he literally could not get out of bed. Mm. So that's when we found out that he had stage four prostate cancer. Yeah. At um, at which time, you know, I was not told of this because, you know, they didn't want to alarm me. They didn't want to worry me. They just wanted me to stay focused in school. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, but then I began to see my mom crying all the time and, you know, praying and and just, you know, just that worry on her on her face and along with my other siblings. And so I knew something was not right. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, later on, they basically told me what was happening. And we knew that it wasn't um, good because um, nothing was working. Chemotherapy was, you know, not working. So I basically had him for, you know, that, um, sorry. So that illness took him um, away from us pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um I guess it's a good and bad thing, right? Because he didn't suffer all that much. 
Although I did see him suffer, I saw him wither away. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw him wither away to, you know, skin and bones. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just very heartbreaking for me, for my mother, for just everyone in my whole entire family. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and it, it was very traumatic in many ways. Because, you know, I lost my father, I think, at a very primal stage in my life. Yeah. You know, I was a um, I was a junior in high school. Yeah. And, you know, he missed out and I missed out on his presence during a lot of milestones yeah. um, in my life. Yeah. And, um, and, of course, you know, I miss him to death. And I always talk uh, about him to my kids. And mm-hmm. we have photos and we see videos. And I want to keep his memory alive because he was that that figure in our life that, you know, that you aspire to be in in many ways. You know, his hard work, his work ethic, um, even even his ethic to people. You know, if he made a promise, he he maintained the promise. Um, If someone needed help, he helped them, even if it meant that we had to cut on our budget. But if it was to help a person, then that's what we did. Mm-hmm. So my my father really, you know, instilled a lot of um, a lot of value in in our family that that I'm hoping to pass down to my own children. Mm-hmm. But um, my 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 father was very resilient. I mean, as you can just imagine, yeah. just with what I described. Yeah you know, with his upbringing and then, you know, him finally meeting his father and him finding out that he has, you know, I think it was, you know, five other siblings and uh, it just wasn't, it wasn't a good homecoming um, for him when he first met his father only because he was a grown man with his family. And, you know, one thing that he did make clear to my mom is that he did not want to be like his father, mm-hmm. right? Absent, mm-hmm. um, just very uh, cold. Later on, as he, I, I, find I did meet my grandfather, thankfully, despite of everything. But um, I felt that sometimes people go through different stages in their lives and, and their experiences, unfortunately, can dictate their direction in life and but my father actually wanted to make peace with my grandfather and he he did and I'm grateful that he did I was able to you know meet him and other siblings that I had and um, and that also showed me that one cannot hold resentment Mm -hmm. like that because it's very important to to know to know, especially your parents, but, but just to know that you can forgive. And even though it wasn't easy for him, um, he, he wanted to demonstrate to us that, you know, it's, it's okay to, to be mad and it's okay to, um, to forgive. But most importantly, it's very important to understand that when, when you grow up, People have different um, reasons for doing and making certain decisions. And so that also just kind of allows you as an adult to reflect on that. Because I know many times we've come across people that make wrong decisions, but you can't judge based on on just the, you know, the decision that you see outright because you don't know the backstory. So he he definitely taught us a lot of lessons um, growing up. 
And uh, I'm forever grateful with, you know, with my father and all the hard work and, you know, him walking from Elgin all the way to to St. Charles to wash dishes when he first got here, you know, walking. And um, even in the even in the winter. There were just many stories that that showed me, you know, when I'm having a rough day, that is nothing in comparison to what my parents went through. Um, And again, if you were, you know, today, if you had a conversation with him, you would not see you would not even, you know, imagine uh, that he went through such a hardship because he is positive yeah. and he he likes to listen to what you have to say yeah. and i'm um, the same with my mother yeah. she definitely brings the optimism into everyone's life she could be having a horrific day but guess what when she's talking to you she's all ears and she has she always has a smile every morning that's one thing that i learned as as a kid and now as an adult is you grow up with a, or i'm sorry you wake up with a smile on your face mm. because each day is a new day yeah. and each day is a gift yeah. and each day is like a renewed chance to make up for if you had a bad day yesterday or things just weren't quite right the the day before yeah. well guess what Today is a new day, and today is where you can make it right. Yeah, so yeah. I, I draw a lot of strength from both parents, um, and just as equal. But you know, my mom, she has another. You know, she she has a great story. And one day, I in between my siblings and I, we have got to write like some type of um, memoir um, of of our parents' life, yeah. just because it's so rich yeah. and so. Um, you know, so many lessons to learn and just so many reflections that even if you didn't know, know them, you can just take. And, um, and to me, that's, you know, that is what I will always remember of my parents. And I'm just so lucky. I'm just a lucky person to, to have been born, you know, um, in my family and them being my parents. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so much richness to everything that you just said and, um, so much to pull apart. And one of the things that I love that you articulated is your dad's upbringing and the trauma that he experienced was not something that he brought into your family, that he was able to chart a different path and Mm -hmm. that he was resilient in that way. And in, in turn, he uh, translated that resilience to you and your family Um, And I'd love for you to speak more to that because, again, um, you know, I think that all the ways that you talk about your parents are ways that I think about you. Uh, But I think that that idea of resilience and, you know, obviously the loss of your dad was a a trauma in your own life. And I'd love to, to hear more about what it was that helped you in your process of grieving of um, moving through that in order to get to you know another to get to the other side of that I just love to hear more about what helped Mm -hmm. you well definitely the grieving process for me was tough Um, it was just you know even today as I talk about it I get emotional and uh, but but I think that really the help of uh, my family helped me you know each day to just basically accept, right? Accept mm-hmm. that my father isn't here with us anymore. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I knew that, um, I mean, I always knew that I, 
you know, making making my parents proud was always in the forefront, but not only for them, but for myself. But I think that, you know, now, you know, not having him in my life um, and knowing that he's watching from up above, I know that, you know, he would be very proud of me and, you know, what our whole family has accomplished. Um, and I know that, you know, he knows that all the hard work that he showed and he displayed mm-hmm. and he, you know, drilled in us and he would, you know, we would, you know, sit around and just talk about the many stories that, you know, showed that, you know, he did hit a lot of dead ends mm-hmm. in his life. Yeah. But regardless of those dead ends, there's always a way that you can come out of those dead ends. Mm. And it could be as simple as, you know, just knowing the right person, you know, um, just the resources that we have that sometimes we overlook or, you know, sometimes also just being patient mm-hmm. because, when you're confronted with a difficult situation, you can find, you can try to find many resources, many ways to get out of your situation. And it may not happen right away. And he also taught us the art of being patient because that is another, that is another flaw that people sometimes have is that they're not patient enough to wait for the for the wave to turn and for your you know for you to begin to see the light to get encouraged and to kind of feel that extra encouragement that you need to kind of stay afloat Mm -hmm. and I think that he also taught us that because he definitely had a lot of dead ends and um, he was you know granted you know some opportunities like when he joined the navy and you know and some other people along the way, you know, guiding him in the right direction. Like I said, he didn't have a father figure. So he basically had to figure a lot of things out. And, and, you know, coming to this country with basically very little in his pocket. And we know of many families um, like this. And, and we know that, you know, some families make it and some families don't. And some families actually turn around and they, they go back home because they just don't feel that, you know, the United States of America was a good fit for their family or they ran out of money and they just don't know how to make ends meet or the language barrier. And I mean, there's just so many, you know, things against you if you're not well prepared. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can have, you know, a little bit of savings, but if you don't have the know how my father didn't know how to drive because in Mexico, you took a lot of you know, like you, you took the commercial transportation. Yeah. So he didn't have to learn how to drive in Mexico. So here, that was another, um, that was another, um, you know, um, obstacle that he had to overcome. Mm-hmm. But he he overcame it. He found his way of doing it and he did it. Um, he also, when he, um, basically, my mother and him worked at a, uh, a factory in Wisconsin, you know, the Klaus and Pickle factory. So every, you know, almost every day, you know, they would come home with pickles. And that was like, <laughs> to this day, I don't buy any other pickles but Klaus and. That's just. <laughs> Shout out to Klaus and Pickles. <laughs> Yes. And so, you know, my father, just to, you know, have a little bit of a cushion, he uh, basically um, carpooled. Mm -hmm. And so he had to wake up at, 
you know, three in the morning so that he could pick up, you know, the seven people in the van that he drove all of his coworkers to. Mm. And, you know, in the harsh winters, he actually had to wake up uh, pretty much every two hours so that his uh, the battery didn't die wow. because his coworkers were dependent on him to yeah. get to work. Yeah. So my dad definitely, you know, he was very... Um, very conscious of other people's needs. And he definitely, you know, showed us, you know, not to be selfish. And in the way that he showed us not to be selfish, in one of the examples is when he would wake up every two hours to turn on his car to make sure that it would be ready so that when he left, you know, home and picked up his coworkers for work, it would be, it would, it would be working. Yeah. And his, you know, battery wouldn't die. Yeah. So there was, there's just a lot of examples that my father showed us you know, to be resilient, to be tough, you know, mental toughness is very important, especially, you know, he, he didn't, uh, he did not, you know, um, spoil us as far as the, the girls in our family. He didn't want to spoil us to the point where we didn't, um, you know, know how to do anything or, you know, we would just expect things to be done for us. Mm -hmm. Like he definitely did not uh, bring us up like that. Mm -hmm. um, he definitely knew that we had to, hold our own. Yeah. And, you know, even though he was very handy, um, he basically, you know, was, um, was a MacGyver, but he worked alone. Like every time I try to help, he just like, ah, you know, let me handle it. I can, ha I, you know, you can see what I'm doing, but let me, you know, he just didn't want us to get hurt, of course. Yeah. But, you know, that, that was one thing that my father, you know, instilled in us is mental toughness and, you know, never give up. You know, when my sister, uh, Laura, she, you know, commuted every day to Chicago um, to her theater company, right? Latino Chicago Theater Company. Many years ago, he, she would commute every single day. Mm -hmm. After her 10 years of commuting, she knew she had to actually branch her wings. And that's when she decided she wanted to go to California mm -hmm. and start, you know, venturing out to bring more opportunity to her craft. Mm -hmm. Well, her, my father supported her 100 mm. percent it was my mother that was afraid that didn't want to let her go that you know was very you know wanted to keep her close to the nest but my father said no we have to learn to let go of our kids we did a good job raising them mm. and you know you know she's very you know very smart individual she's put in her time she she now needs to grow and so you know that's another takeaway that you know, seeing that as a, as a young kid, knowing that my father was not one to hold us back, yeah. was one to, you know, want to see us grow and become into our own person. And he always wanted the best for us. So that was another form of showing that, you know, we need to be resilient. And even though my sister was going to venture out by herself, he knew that he instilled hard work, resilience, and just the dedication factor. And he just knew that, um, that it was time. Yeah. So things like that, those examples that were displayed to me as a, as a young, you know, the youngest of six, I actually picked up on a lot of, um, of those wonderful moments yeah. that, um, that were, you know, that I was, that now I'm able to reflect on and just, you know, if ever, you know, like in sports, you know, I've, um, I love track and field. I've been a runner since I was eight. Mm -hmm. And each time that, you know, things got tough on the track or on the cross country trail, um, or on, in any event, any sporting event, mm -hmm. 
my father is what I think about. And of course, you know, my coach, Mr. Poletica, who he's now not with us anymore, but he also instilled a lot of, you know, never giving up, you know, mentality. And, um, but, you know, those are the people that I reflect on. And, you know, my father, once again, he always, you know, instilled, you know, you, whenever you're tired, you have at least 20, 25% to, mm-hmm. to give mm-hmm. if you just dig deep and you just stay focused yeah. and you just keep your, keep your mind, keep your mind poised, but just know that you will get there. You just have to keep moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so, I mean, there, there's just so many wonderful, um, you know, type of examples that my father has left me with. And, Mm. you know, and I still see that through my mother. Mm. You know, my mother's 80. She is so strong mind. She's so strong minded in the sense that she doesn't ever give up either. Mm. But also too, once she sets her mind to something, she does it. Mm. And um, I learned so much from her too. And it's just great to have, you know, two people in your life that are, you know, the the um, the, the 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 center point of your life, yeah. and just knowing that um, that I was, you know, part of their, you know, tree, right, yeah. family tree. It, I'm just so proud. I'm yeah. just so proud, and hopefully, you know, my children would be will be proud like that. How yeah. I am of my parents. Yeah, I love that. I love that the way one of the ways that you were able to get through your own process or maybe feel more grounded or anchored during that time and even now is to remember those stories that Mm -hmm. that your parents and specifically your dad was very intentional about telling you stories that you could come back to uh, which is such an important thing that I think we we lose sometimes in our generation, mm-hmm. you know, we don't really, I think, have those moments or opportunities as much to be storytellers to our kids and to be able to translate some of those, our own experiences to uh, help ground and anchor them. Um, one of the things that I think, and we've actually never talked about this either, which is really interesting, is that, um, you know, both uh, your parents worked at the Clausen Pickle factory mm-hmm. and my mom worked at a factory most of my childhood. And this idea of like the work ethic that I think we both have. Um, and I don't think that we ever necessarily talked to our parents uh, specifically about and maybe maybe you did, but I don't I didn't have this experience of, of talking about, um, you know, our work ethics, I think it really was an example that just translated to my life. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I'm curious for you in terms of how that has translated for you professionally. You know, obviously, um, you have a very different position and, mm-hmm. um, you know, you are uh, in a very different world um, than your parents were. And I would just like to hear from you what that how that's translated for you obviously the work ethic part of it but um you know being uh in those professional spaces um what that's been like for you um maybe what your experience has been 
and um, just how you've been able to uh, translate those experiences into your professional life. Okay. So as I mentioned, you know, my parents, um, they basically had a an elementary education. And the rest was basically learn by doing. And you learn with your experiences. You learn um, through your, you know, grandparents. My mother was also brought up by her grandmother on her paternals, um, my her paternal grandmother. You know, her father also died at a very young age, at age nine. And her grandmother actually alienated or I'm sorry, her grandmother alienated her mother from mm. from her life. And so at a young age, my mother had to work with my um, with my with her grandmother mm-hmm. at a um, at a taco stand. I mean, literally, mm-hmm. she had to at age nine learn how to cut meat, learn how to cut onion, learn how to cut you know all these things. You need to also know how to exchange money from the customers. So and she had to you know um, walk I don't know how many miles to bring home you know the the coal right for for the fire pit that they had to you know mm-hmm. cook the meat in right so. So her upbringing, her not having the education, now fast forward, you know, all these years, they always instilled education, education, education. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I, you know, all my siblings had public school education and, you know, my siblings um, have, they all have careers and um, three of which, actually four went to college and, um, you know, and to include myself. And so growing up, I knew that education was um, the focal point and we needed the education if we want to basically, you know, have a career. Because my parents always said, you knew our, our upbringing, you knew the opportunities we didn't have because of because of of, of our hardships. Mm-hmm. But now we are going to grant you the opportunity and we want you to just focus on 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 education so that was one thing um and to this day my mother still encourages me to go back to get my master's which Mm. is awesome because i do want to go back to get my master's um but um but in doing that you know like i said you know my my parents um had you know elementary education and um but i always knew that education was um was important for them and also important for me. And I knew that um, I also had to make them proud. Mm -hmm. So growing up, you know, getting good grades in school, knowing the hard work and then knowing what to shoot for was, you know, was very important. And um, as I transitioned now into, into my career, I, you know, I carry, you know, those same type of, um, values as far as, you know, my parents, you know, they worked so hard um, for us to get this, you know, to get our education. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I, I will continue to do the same for my children. But, you know, my parents, you know, as I said, um, they always put the value in education. Mm-hmm. And as you know, in my career now, I know that, you know, not everyone is, is afforded that same opportunity, mm-hmm. but more so than that, you know, I didn't go to an Ivy league college. I didn't, you know, I had a way, I had to pay my way through school mm-hmm. and work full time. I had to find a job that would allow me to actually study 
but work at the same time. So that's how I landed, you know, as a switchboard operator with, you know, um, local police department. And that's really where the doors began to open for me because that's where I began to um, know people and I began to have conversations with people in law enforcement. You know, originally I was going to school for computer science, but then I made a detour and then I segued and um, I basically um, got my bachelor's degree in criminal justice. And that is, I think, because of the opportunity that I saw when I was a switchboard operator at one of the local police departments. And, um, and I, and I, that intrigued me. And mm-hmm. one thing led to another, I, you know, got into a position and then became an analyst. And, you know, fast forward 21 years later, you know, I had a, uh, a career of a criminal intelligence analyst, uh, you know, both on the local on the Illinois State Police side and then on the federal side. And I definitely was, you know, um, granted a lot of good opportunities. I worked with a lot of great people, a lot of officers, a lot of, you know, civilian and sworn officers. And, you know, making my parents proud, I think, was at the forefront because I knew that um, they always wanted us to excel, to be to be the best that we could be but also be manageable. Mm-hmm. You know, they always knew that, you know, family is very important. And my mother, you know, sometimes we have conversations and she says, you know, remember, you know, having a career is important, but having a family and being centered with your family should be most important. Mm-hmm. She said, because if you don't have a balance with family and work, then what's the, what's the use of having a career? What's the use of having, you know, um, having worked, you know, 12 hour days. And so she's definitely, you know, brought me, I think sometimes she does pull the reins on me because sometimes we lose sight of, you know, I'm getting I'm going to get a promotion or I have to work hard because that's the only way that I could, you know, keep up or that's the only way that I could advance. Mm -hmm. Right. But if we lose track, if we lose sight of what really matters in our lives, which is our family, you know, their happiness and quality time, you cannot put a price tag on quality or on on time. And, you know, my mom tells me that time in and time out that, you know, that's, you know, she's very proud that, you know, that I work hard and that I have, you know, the career that I have. But she always, you know, reminds me that no matter how many, you know, titles I have or or you know, um, certificates that I have or college that I have, if you don't have your family in balance, then is it really worth it? And so I really take that to heart. And I really, you know, I really, you know, I really appreciate that because I know that my mother had to work hard just to work. And I know that my mother had to work hard just to, you know, have, you know, a meal for the week. So I understand. And she knows that, you know, hard work will always, will always be seen. It's just that, you know, sometimes you just have to remind yourself that, you know, the priorities in life. And so, you know, so, so I, I do sometimes have to pause and just, you know, take a moment for myself because we do get wrapped up. And especially, you know, I left, you know, law enforcement and now I'm in the private sector and um, it's been a very, you know, um, learning time for me because it's, it's different. It's different the way that my brain processes the information and, 
you know, learning the 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 company way, the corporate America way is um, is very different from the law enforcement way. Mm. And so that's been also, you know, a bit challenging um, for me. But now two years in, I'm much more comfortable. You know, I work alongside a diverse team and uh, I'm very lucky. Mm. Again, I've been lucky throughout my throughout my career to work with some really good, magnificent people that have mentored me, that have guided me, and that have given me some very good advice. And it's, you know, on the personal level, on the professional level. And, you know, I've been blessed and I'm, I'm very fortunate, very lucky. And, um, and I, I, you know, I don't take things for granted. Yeah. And, um, and I always try to to just, you know, take moments to reflect yeah. because, you know, um, and I know that, um, you know, time is of the essence and yeah. we can never go back. Right. And so that's why it's very important for me to be present and just to keep that in the back of my head is that, you know, the family f- factor always has to come out winning. Otherwise, you know, what is what good is it if you, you know, slave, you know, 12 to 14 hours yeah. a night if you can't appreciate what you have in front of you right in your own home? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, to your point, I think this ability to uh, appreciate what we have and to, you know, I think that you have this anchor in your mom still mm-hmm. right, to be able to ground you and your family yes. has just been such a grounding force in your life. Um, one of the things obviously that we come together on and I, I definitely always credit you for my running uh practice is that what you call mm-hmm. it now yeah <laughs> <laughs> and um yes and i think we've talked about this before uh when you had i think convinced all of the brown girls in our class to join cross country <laughs> oh yeah that was an experience I but know. it was fun <laughs> yeah yeah but um you know i think that i was so imp- ill prepared for that but one of the things that you know i remember was that i didn't have running shoes and um, you gave me a pair of your old running shoes. And I always remember that your dad would give you a pair of those, the Nike Air Pegasus. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember, I, I remember running in those shoes. And um, it feels like his legacy in a lot of ways has lived through not only you, but the people that you touch as well, um, which is a beautiful reminder of how, even though we experience loss, that you know, we somehow that resilience and those lessons um, touch so many people. Yeah. And, you know, to your point, Maddie, uh, I mean, I'm very grateful. Like I, I mentioned before, you know, my friendships have also, you know, impacted me in ways where, you know, um, you know, we may not always, you know, talk about that personally, you know, like the, the way that we impact our lives. But I think that we've definitely shared, you know, similar um, experiences on different levels. But, you know, the common, you know, the commonalities that we have, I think, have been um, just phenomenal in, 
you know, with me and, you know, in our friendship that we've been able to foster all these years. And um, it's been, you know, I'm blessed having people like you in my life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even though, you know, you live thousands of miles away, you know, the way that we stay connected and the way that our children, you know, um, find ways to communicate, you know, when we when we went over to your place and, you know, they they got along just great. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just just having people like you in, um, you know, in our in our lives, because, you know, we consider you and your family, you know, part of our family. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's just great, you know, and um, and I've also picked up on a few things that, you know, keep me, you know, and give me that, you know, like that resilience too. you know, the, the many events that now you've been telling me about when you that you do in Colorado and um, the Mecca of all athletes. I'm so <laughs> jealous, by the way, <laughs> that you have that as your backyard and I have to drive, you know, so many hours to get to you. But, um, you know, you've displayed so much resilience and, and dedication. And it's just I mean, I'm in awe. Um, of you too, Maddie. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just fortunate, like I said, that um, that we have each other. And I know that, you know, we will be old ladies and hopefully we will be able to run a race together in our 70s and 80s. Because I read an article where, you know, there's, I think it was, she was like 90 something and she was, you know, running, uh, I think it was like a half a marathon. And I'm like, that is what I want. Mm-hmm. I want, I want that. I want to be that person. I want to have that ability to, you know, to have that, you know, opportunity to run at 90 years old. And, you know, and I think, you know, I want, you know, Maddie to be, you know, by my side. And even though (laughs) we may not finish together, but we'll start together, you know. (laughs) Because Nina's always ahead of me. (laughs) That's what she meant by that comment. (laughs) (laughs) But no, it's, it's so awesome to have that, you know, with you and, um, and like I said, you know, it's um, very rare that, you know, one has such great, you know, friendships, especially, you know, from high school now into our adult lives. And, yeah. you know, and I know that we will continue to have have our friendship until, you know, until we leave this earth. You know, yeah. I really feel that. I believe that. Too. So thanks, Maddie. Yeah. I really appreciate you. Oh, I appreciate you, Nina. And thank you for being the force of positivity and resilience in my life Um, because there is probably no one more positive in my life than you I oh thanks Maddie thank you so much again for being a guest on this podcast and thank you for having me yeah and I um I feel like I have a hundred more questions to ask you so (laughs) I I'm gonna have you back and then wonderful yes yeah all right well thank you again We'll talk soon. Thanks, Maddie. For my soul, y'all. Yeah, for your soul, y'all. This ain't a theory, really. This ain't something that I made up a lot to believe. It's not fucking selfish. I'm Marisol Solar Derlacher. As a trauma expert who's worked in the field for almost 20 years, I'm transitioning from clinical practice to offering workshops, training, and coaching to mid-sized companies, organizations, and nonprofits. I partner with companies and organizations who are interested in building the resilience of their staff and empowering them regarding their mental health and well-being. If this is you, reach out to me so we can start a conversation about how I can help. If you know someone who might be interested, feel free to pass along this information. You can find more at my website, and the link can be found in the show notes. Again, as always, thank you so much for listening.